Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Johanna Dundalk and Cavan. Order your new 221 Renault today from our extensive Renault range. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. Welcome to the show. Let me read the words from my calendar, as I do on the first day of every month, and try and carry the thought with us through the month, and there can be none more apt today. My week calendar says today, better than a thousand hollow words is one word that brings peace. My God, isn't that prophetic? Those are the words of the Buddha from way, way back, but they adore my little calendar on the first day of the month, uh, which is the beginning of April, of course, today. Peace. We all yearn and hope for peace in the war in Ukraine as soon as possible. Welcome to the show this Friday afternoon. We have lots for you. We have great wine recommendations with Rick Tara Walker rustles up the food David Sheehan looks ahead to the sport and more besides but I begin today with a good friend of mine and of late lunch a couple of weeks back I saw him peering with his son Alex out of the Sunday Independent magazine a comprehensive feature on them and in recent days he's been quoted in many places uh, regarding the slain concert and its future I'm delighted to say hello on the 1st of April to my good friend Lord Henry Mount Charles Henry hello Hello, Jerry. Good to good to hear you. And good to hear you too. Hail and hearty. Well, let's get straight to the nub of the matter. Slain, we were talking, I remember, last year and there was great hopes you'd have an act lined up for this year. Not happening this year, Henry. No. Um, things are still, <clears throat> to be honest, quite uncertain. So uh, uh, a strategic decision uh, was taken. Uh, by various parties involved, um, and uh, a bit of a family council uh, was held, and uh, we have a show for next year. Uh, the deal is done. Uh, it will be early. It will be in May. Um, and this year uh, remains um, open to the element, as they say, um, but no, I'm afraid there won't be a show um, uh, next year. But my uh, son, uh, sorry, this year, but my son, Alex, did at least uh, get his act together um, and uh, got together a special edition of our whiskey uh, to mark the 40 years of slain. Um, and being ever the salesman, uh, you can currently get it in O'Brien's and value. Uh, <laughs> It has has a little bit of uh, extra alcohol in it through our normal blend. 
and uh, it's good stuff. <laughs> I think that's a first for you and me. I've never heard you doing an ad before, but there you are, live on late lunch this afternoon for Slade Castle Whiskey. <laughs> I was quite touched <laughs> put it all together. Uh, so, rock and roll, um, uh, rock and roll, definitely back next year May 2023 now can you even give us any hint or, I, I'm going to ask I know you're not going to answer me but I'm going to ask you this question um, yeah. is it a, a returning act or will it be somebody playing Slane for the first time I can't tell you that Jerry because <laughs> you know that you know I've been founded and uh, years ago I adopted a policy of never discussing um, it, sometimes even when it wasn't a particularly well-hidden secret. Yeah. But um, also, um, it's, 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 it's good from the band's point of view. It's good for the build-up to the gig. It just makes uh, life um, easier. Mm. But suffice it to say that I'm excited about it, um, and it is... Uh, personally uh, a great relief to me to have something slotted in uh, knowing it's going to happen um, and um, God willing and um, knowing that we're back in business mm. because as you can imagine um, having spent so many years working at building up it slain into the venue that it is recognised internationally, and then to have the whole thing grind to a halt um, was more than a little depressing. Mm. Uh, mind you, an awful lot of things uh, have been grinding to a halt. And uh, now, just as we've got through the pandemic, not entirely, I might add, um, with the current uh, highly contagious um, version of COVID, with this appalling war in the Ukraine, um, but still, uh, it's good to know that there are some sunny uplands out there. Yes, yes, absolutely. Just on that point, uh, the pandemic has been a war in itself. And you're right, it's far from over. And that contagious uh, variant is among us uh, uh, quite extensively at the moment. And we need to be careful. But what about this war, Henry? And you've always had a, a, a view on world matters and political matters can you see it coming to an end soon? Well, uh, to put a sort of slightly different spin on um, a lot of the stuff that's out there, I mean, until Germany uh, stopped sending 800 million euros, I think it's a day, uh, to Moscow, um, we're not going to see an end of it. Putin has a way of financing his war. And the other thing that is just evidence is now coming out, uh, that the Russians are circumventing uh, sanctions to a degree by, uh, shall I say it, very um, uh, sly um, movement of funds, very large sums of money, um, with the assistance of the Chinese. So that in itself, um, it, it, in my view, is a key issue. There is no question, as everybody can see, 
that Putin has made a gross miscalculation. He totally underestimated the fortitude of the Ukrainian people, which is in itself remarkable. And he has also grossly um, underestimated the, the extraordinary leadership of Zelensky. He's mm. a man who has stood up to the plate in a stylish fashion and continues to do so. And he's failed in his immediate strategic objective, which was to take Kiev, um, and has failed in that respect. And now you hear reports coming out of um, uh, demoralized troops. Um, <clears throat> they succeeded uh, in even shooting down one of their own aircraft. Um, Putin himself, um, and I've made a parallel in my column tomorrow with Hitler thinking he could run the war better than his generals. Putin has now dismissed eight generals. And I think you're beginning to see a blame game between the various arms of the Russian state being their intelligence services and their military. So uh, from a Russian perspective, this is not good news. The other thing is that we are in an age when it is very hard to repress information. Now, mm. he has got control of um, uh, television, and there's a lot of stuff that he, he does, where he does control the media, even to a, um, a degree where it is quite surprising the opinions that some people still hold, despite evidence to the contrary. But once the body bags start arriving back, um, and once, in particular, young people start realizing that this is not only destroying the Ukraine, but also destroying the Russian economy. And so things might start to unravel. Um, and I just, I, I, I don't know whether you ever saw that um, movie Downfall, which is set in Hitler's bunker, um, and with him sort of in a delusionary manner, yes. all over maps and with the various generals who are all terrified of saying the wrong thing. But, you know, you begin to wonder what is Putin's equivalent. Mm. Um I mean, it is, a, it is a vile and despicable thing. And I cannot believe at my age, um, and I'm 70 now, that uh, one is seeing in Europe the same thing that my parents uh, experienced. In my father's case, uh, he fought at the tail end of the Second World War, um, and my mother uh, was a nurse. And... <clears throat> And, and, you know, we're seeing the same goddamn thing. And at the center of it is one man. Mm. 
It's mm. extraordinary. It is extraordinary, and it's hard to believe that you would experience it again in your lifetime. Of course, the nuclear threat is a big worry as well, and that uh, he would resort to that, or, or somebody might, and that would be just Armageddon for all of us. I don't want to even contemplate that. But hopefully what you mentioned there, uh, the, uh, the, the uh, coming apart of it from the Russian perspective, and uh, the sanctions and the money that's going to Russia, if that is choked off, well, perhaps it will make people see sense and get round the table and end this slaughter that's going on at the moment. I want to move on because time will beat us. I want to ask you, how are you? How is your health? Well, Jerry, you're very kind to ask. Um, <clears throat> on the whole, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good, but I have to stick <laughs> strictly um, to, um, you know, I discipline myself as to what I do every day. And at the moment, um, I am staying very firmly um, on home ground because uh, it would not be funny for someone like me with my, I have a severely compromised immune system uh, to get this um, damn current round of COVID. Mm. Um, so, uh, <laughs> but, you know, um, in life, I, 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 I live in a beautiful place and in the fine county of Meath, and I can walk my own ground um, and feel privileged to be able to do so. Um, but uh, I have to say, as I'm sure is the case with your good self, that there are many people we know who have got COVID uh, and, and, and recently. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's, it's not to be... It, 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 it's something that I certainly can't and consider idly, if you know what I mean. Yes, absolutely. No, co- completely understandable. And, you know, when you're in a vulnerable position, and there are many, as you say, of your ilk uh, that, you know, can't afford uh, to contract the COVID, and it is understandable. So you're keeping yourself pretty much your- to yourself. I want to ask you another question that came up with that lovely feature in The Independent um, uh, with yourself and your son uh, a few weeks back. The, the the beard, the facial hair, Henry, is it there to stay forever or will there a day come when you'll get rid of it entirely and we'll see the clean-skinned uh, Lord Henry Marchals again? Well, I did take a scissors to it um, literally, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yesterday <laughs> because it, it grows out of control quite quickly and um, I think it may, it may well have its day. Um, I'm not sure how keen and my wife is very kind to me. And when I ask her, she sort of smiles and said, more or less, it's fine, dear. <laughs> but, um, I, I, think, I don't think it, it would necessarily uh, be permanent. And I'll probably shave it off and not tell anybody I'm doing it. Oh, good on you. Yeah, well, you won't be applying for the Gardaí. You see, yesterday an edict was issued by the boss man to the force that they have to actually, you know, present themselves uh, very smartly if they're going to have facial hair. I know. Not What was it? Not watered down or something? <laughs> yes, yes. I thought, I thought that was very funny. But I, I've, I've gone through uh, several stages in my life when I had a beard, I had uh, a beard in my student days, um, and um, I looked a bit like Rasputin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, um, and then I had a beard, and I remember very clearly a beard in 1986 when Queen played Slaying, 
because I had my neck in a brace and it was just difficult um, uh, <laughs> shaving. And then uh, the current version, of which the, it, it has been at several lengths. <laughs> well, look, it, it is what it is, and uh, we look forward to the day. There will be a day when, of course, you'll shave clean and uh, you'll appear and we'll say, oh, my God, there he is now. That's the man we remember once. Anyway, look, a lot going on around the castle because the, the tours have reopened. You mentioned the, the whiskey there, the distillery, yeah. uh, and, um, you know, the fine weather. I passed it by there in the lovely days. It looks amazing. Well, thank you. We've got... We're open um, uh, at the weekends on Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, we've got a, a food truck and a bar um, so people can go for a walk and have a drink and have something to eat. And then at the Easter weekend, um, uh, I think my son is, and his wife are planning a pop-up in the courtyard with some live music, um, which will bring some life into the place. And that the end of May, there is a Viking festival um, which will uh, have some battle reenactments uh, and feasting. <laughs> so uh, anybody who is interested in that sort of kind of thing can have a look at our uh, website, which is plaincastle.ie. I like the feasting end of things, Henry, for sure. I know. Really do. That sounds really good indeed. Anyway, you're hale and hearty and doing well, keeping yourself to yourself, fully involved in international affairs and more, writing the column for the Mirror, as you said, on a regular basis, offering your opinions. Delighted to catch up with you today and looking forward already. It's a little way off, but Slane is back 2023 in May and a big act on the way to the Banks of the Boyne, the finest amphitheatre in the world. Lord Henry Charles, lovely as usual to talk to you. Thank you, Jerry. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. That's uh, Henry there. I always enjoy chatting to him. Always has an opinion. Always has something to say. And much loved in the Slane and Greater Slane area as well by the people out there. Late lunch, LMFM radio after the break. Are you ready? Can you identify it? We have another TV theme just for you. Big birthday today, Louise. You're always celebrating birthdays, but it's a big birthday for my four-legged friend, Messi is 11 years old wow. today, Louise. Yes. That's big numbers for a dog, 11. He's 11 today, so he is. I gave him a little treat this morning, wished him a happy birthday. His dog pension. Ah, uh, my four-legged friend, as I always say, they never give out to you. They always love to see you. They lick you. <laughs> They're just the best ever. They really are. And, you know, when you if think you're back, their master. Oh, yes. Yeah, and I am his master. I know mm-hmm. that. And, you know, he's, he's just been a lovely dog for those 11 years. I remember when we got him as a puppy we bought him from a breeder down in Uri myself and Sarah went down there was four or five of them on the gr- and we picked him out and got him and uh, makes you pick a dog we just look at them we let them run around and it just this like came to us and, and we picked them as a puppy mm-hmm. and we said we like him and we were going to take a second one Sarah wanted me to take a second oh <laughs> my company, god company they say that's good oh, isn't it oh yeah that's, that was her always her view but anyway we picked him up and uh it was Tom Moore and the late Tom Moore and the late great Tom Moore and dog breeder who I got had my first Labrador from, uh, Jack, who recommended this breeder in Uri. I, he wasn't breeding them at the time and I went and got him and he's 11 today and I just think he's been a fantastic dog. He's a great watchdog. He's very friendly. He's kind. But uh, he's pushing on at 11, isn't he? Mm. He is pushing on at 11. He's a lot of grey like myself. The two of us I was going to ask, did they turn grey? Oh yeah, yeah. Did he's they? getting grey yes. around the whiskers and that, that he is for sure. But we named him on this show. Listeners, we had a vote. 
uh, when before your time here, when mm. Deirdre was here, we threw out a few names, and Messi was the one voted on. We went to it, and he always knows the story of the dog psychologist that rang me after yeah. the show. <laughs> when I went with the name, she says that's very, da- very dangerous, Terry. Messi your by house name. Your house has been Yes, Messi by name, <laughs> Messi by nature. I said, "How are you spelling your?" Me-? And she went M E S S Y. No, I said, "There's an I in mine, and he's a footballer, <laughs> so it ain't so bad." So anyway, I want to wish him a happy birthday today. Well, Eleven doggy years. Doggy treats on the way home, Jerry. Ah, sure, look, and we'll give him a good old feed this evening. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we will indeed. You have a question. You spotted something on the way into work today. Yeah, well, it was yesterday, actually. I thought it was, was it? gone today, but it was still there. Um, you're going to have to help me out with the locations here. Okay. It's not great. Um, I was coming down Boher Brewer. Boher Brewery. Boher Bru- go, in, go in and ask your woman, Alexa. Boher Brewery. <laughs> Boher Brewery. Boher Brewer in Drogheda. Yeah, at the okay. junction of Boher Brewer, Windmill Road and yeah. uh, the North yeah. Road there. There's yeah. a post box. Yes. And on top of the post box, there's like... A couple of knitted figures uh, with football and I think a Harley stick. Right. So they're sitting on top. They're they're sitting on a kind of a cover and the cover is on the... Yes. It covers the lid of the post box. It's like a hat on the post box. Yes. A knitted hat with these little figures on yeah. top of it. Is that right? Yes. So it was there yesterday and I thought coming down today I'll have a look... Um, I thought, oh, it's not going to be there again. You know, somebody is mm. going to have knocked it or broke it or something. And there it was. It is and there. I've heard since that there are others around the area. And I just, I'd love to know what they mean or what who's behind about? it. Yeah, what's they're this knitted. all about? They're knitted figurines. They're, knit, they're, they're handmade anyway. Yeah, so there's a cover on the top of the post box with these figures built into this cover. Mm. And it's on the top of a post box. That's in Drogheda we're talking about there. But Louise has heard word that this is happening elsewhere mm. as well. What is it about? Can you help us? Can you help Louise? Who's doing this? What's the story behind it? Let us know. 086. They're really nice. Oh, they're lovely. I, I've actually seen them myself. They are lovely. 086 658 WhatsApp or text us to the show. And you'll need that number now. 86 658 WhatsApp or text because I have a lovely prize for one of you today to send out. If you can identify this TV theme, and we're going to let it run, I think we let it run in its entirety. What's this song, the theme? Which show are we talking about that this is the theme from? Rick Cronje coming after two. Hit it there, Louise. Now it's time for one of our regulars on Late Lunch this Friday afternoon. He uh, fa- is famously known after meeting a lady out on his tra- travels one day when she said to him, are you the wino on the wireless? And he is indeed. Mr. Rick Cronje, welcome back to the show. Oh, very good afternoon to you, Jerry, and the listeners. Thank you for joining me again. Well, we have to say first, Rick, a big thank you to Rosemary Malone and Dunn Stores at the Marshes Shopping Centre in Dundalk, where the wines today are featured. Absolutely, Jerry. What a pleasure to walk into the shopping centres and and the uh, the big market supermarkets now and find somebody who not only knows the wine, enjoys the wine, and is there on hand to give advice. What uh, I absolutely was astounded. I have to say, and I've been around the shops uh, many a times. Yep. 
Ah, oh, she's great. Most welcome. Yeah, she's fantastic. great. And we say well done to her, Rosemary. Rosemary alone at the Marshes Duns there. She's a fantastic lady and offers advice freely and so helpful and knows her wines. And just to say that they have a 20% discount there going on in all wines until after Easter. And the prices we have today uh, is what you'll actually pay with that discount included. Now, France for the white, uh, Rick, this month. Yes, absolutely, uh, Jerry. Lovely to see the wines there now. Louis Latour is the estate, the winemaker here today. And it's the uh, Macron Looney uh, Le Genefriere. And uh, the way it's named there as well is very interesting, Jerry, because as we know, it sometimes can be very confusing with the French. And in this case, uh, the uh, Macron is the uh, region and uh, Luni is the village, and uh, Le Genevriere is the wine estate. There you go. So you have the full address there in the name on the label. Macon Lugni, yeah. as I call her, Luni, is a, a, a common, uh, you know, you'll see that on many whites. It is, in fact, though, as an explanation, Rick, it's a Chardonnay, isn't it? That's what it is, a Chardonnay. It is a Chardonnay, and as I say, it gets a bit confusing there as well, Jerry, because it's also part of the classification. You won't find a Vin de Pay in this area, uh, table wine. Uh, they're just too la-di-da for that, to be honest. And um, then you have just the uh, Macon label, and that is applicable, can be used in white and red. Yep. Then you have the uh, Macon Village, which is Chardonnay only. And then we go up to what we have where you actually name the village. So it's all part of the structure uh, that that they use. They're very confusing at times if you're not familiar mm. with it. Mm. And if you use, for instance, if you have the um, Aligotti uh, wine uh, grape there, then you have to call it Bourgogne. Right. So you're thinking you're in a completely different area. <laughs> Very confusing. Yeah, but yeah. look, at they, 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 they make sense uh, when you know and you're from the area and that as well. It's just up to us to interpret exactly. them. And, and there's a bit of fun in, in that as well. This estate, course, it yes. goes back a long time, 1731. It's a, a really long-established fine producer of wines. Absolutely, Jerry. They have 48 hectares, probably a bit more now over the last two years. All Grand Cru classified wines. Mm. It's one of the biggest areas in France. So really, really quality wines. As I say, you will not find a Vendepay there. They, uh, yeah, they just go for quality. They're yes. Absolutely right. And this Chardonnay is a quality Chardonnay. No wood, however. No wood, Jerry. Very important. Well spotted. Well spotted. Um, it was all the... Um, vinification was done in steel tanks and what that means is you're going to get all the real flavors coming through no influence from wood on it whatsoever now it's uh, i've seen it myself here it's a pale gold certainly in the color uh, i haven't tasted it yet what's it like on the nose and the palate a lovely combination jerry of the citrus a lemon a bit of butter on it and uh, some uh, green apple on it um, and and on the palate, it's very fresh. It's a very clean. I thought it was a very clean um, tasting wine. Mm. A, a touch of creamy flavour, which is obviously the Chardonnay grape, but it's so balanced with the citrus that it's it's hard to tell. And because it doesn't have wood, 
very palatable, very enjoyable. So you'll quaff it on its own, or need I say, a uh, lovely match always at the Chardonnay is seafood, shellfish, yes, perfect? Oh, absolutely. Match made in heaven, uh, Jerry, <laughs> especially with this one. And it's a 2020, beautiful, beautiful. 2020, Dunn Stores, the Marshy Shopping Centre, Dundalk, €14.40. Euro 40. Our Louise has a bottle of it and she's going to taste it. She's not a Chardonnay fan. Do you know that, uh, Rick? Uh, no, but Louise does surprise us from time to time, doesn't she, Jerry? <laughs> certainly, certainly. <laughs> surprise. Oh, my God, is the, is the name of the game. Anyway, she's going to taste the weekend and we'll get our feedback uh, next week and next time you're on for sure because you will be back with us sooner than, uh, than normal because Easter is on the horizon. You're looking after the Easter table for us. Now, let's move on to the red and uh, we move to Chile and the Maple Valley, Rick. Oh, beautiful, Jerry. Oh, you, you just, it's, it's so uh, well known now, of course, in Chile. Yeah. And uh, the red is the Medalla Real uh, Gold Medal is the full name of this wine. It's a Cabernet Sauvignon, 92% and a bit of Cabernet Franc at 8%. Mm. And it's a 2018. And I want to stress that, Jerry, because... Uh, the twenty, I did try the twenty-seven, and I thought it was just that touch sweeter, mm. maybe at its peak. You know, uh, yeah. twenty seventeen. Um, yeah, that's five years. Uh, I, I thought it was just a bit too much, to be honest. Okay, so it's the twenty eighteen in this uh, Medalla Rail Gold Medal from Chile Maple Valley that you're recommending, and you can see them. You sent me a picture actually just a while ago. They sit side by side on the shelf there. So uh, make sure pick the twenty eighteen, Rick. Absolutely, Jerry. Because if 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 you don't look at the label uh, carefully. Uh, it's, it's quite possible to pick up the 2017 okay. absolutely complete match except for that year and then wine one year is a big difference 1280 uh, done stores in the marshes again it's going back again a long long time to the late 1800s but uh, the grape varieties have their roots in France Rick Yes, it originally, well, Cabernet somewhere, Cabernet Franc, yes. And it, it, it came f- uh, from there. And Don uh, Domingo, he was uh, a very uh, big businessman way back when, in those days, 1880, as you say, Jerry. And he brought it with, and he also brought equipment and some a team of top winemakers. And that, at the time, of course, Chile didn't know anything uh, like this. Um, but ever since then, he uh, the way they make wines was just completely overhauled and they got some absolutely spectacular results from it. And, and San, uh, sorry, Jerry. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, Santa Rita is the uh, the estate mm. uh, of it, you know. And, well known. Uh, they, well, uh, absolutely, Jerry. We would know the uh, 120 range here yes. in Ireland very well. Yes. So you're very familiar, long established there, great reputation. Now, th- this wine in particular, you go back to 1987 here, but uh, the Paris Wine Olympics, which is one of the highlights, of course, of the year in judging and assessing wines. Back then, this wine uh, swept the boards. It did, Jerry. A very big surprise. And, and just for listeners' information, the Paris Wine Olympics, um, it's a complete wine uh, blind tasting. There's absolutely no idea when 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 the, the competition is held. 
and uh, uh, Santa Rita put in a 1984 Cabernet Sauvignon, and they won. They beat France, Spain, California. Mm. Um, uh, first Chilean wine ever to win gold. Yes. So they made the mark then, and it continues to this day. This wine aged 14 months in old barrels. So plenty of wood in this one, unlike the Chardonnay, Rick. Absolutely, Jerry. 14 months. And as you say, in old barrels, it's the second and third use. So, yes, there'll be... Um, when when you have that information on hand, Jerry, it immediately uh, tells you that this will need time when you open it. So... Decanting, I take it, would be a great assist to this wine when you pop the cork. Absolutely, Jerry. I uh, tried it. You know, it definitely uh, good uh, in the glass. Give it ten minutes, and if you have a decanter, then put it in there, big, wide open decanter, and give it a good hour. If you decanting the whole bottle. So as wide a vessel as possible, leave it there for the hour. Would you put it back into the bottle then? No, you'll say to me, put it into the glasses and drink it, I'm sure. (laughs) Once it's out of the bottle, Terry, no chance of getting back. I knew that, I knew. I knew. Yes, exactly. What am I talking about? For the glass, it's meant then. Looks dark. Like, I know the bottle with with the red wine. We talked about this before. Why the bottles are dark, but dark red. uh, You'd need something with this, wouldn't you? You'd need a bit of meat. Uh, no, you need food with this, Jerry. Mm. It, it's just, it's. I think it's fourteen and a half percent, if I remember correct. But uh, not, not that you would taste that immediately. But the the, the wood combined with fourteen and a half percent, yeah, you definitely need uh, food with this. No question. Beef, pork, game, if you if you can get it, will be. Um, a, a great match uh, for it, yes. So the red from Rick this month is Chile, uh, Maple Valley, Medalla Rail Gold Medal, Cabernet Sauvignon, and there's a little bit of Cabernet Franc in there. 2018, €12.80 from Dunn Stores, uh, the Marshes Shopping Centre in Dundalk. Now, just before we finish, it's worth mentioning this, and you wanted to come back to it again today. We've spoken last year through last year, the effect of weather, COVID, taxes, etc. Now we have this war going on as well. Um, wine's going to cost more, Rick. Oh, it is, Jerry. Look, nobody foresaw this um, terrible situation coming on up, uh, upon us. But certainly, uh, you know, all indications last year we spoke about it was, you know, with the drought, the fires in Australia, um, everything was just going to go up. And nothing to do with our minimum pricing units, uh, by the way. Uh, all the indications were there, and uh, unfortunately, that is what happened. And I know a lot of people I've spoken to have already noticed that, you know, a euro, year, two euros there on the bottle. Um, yeah, and now it just compounded by, you know, this uh, yes. atrocities going on. Mm. And uh, I doubt if the government will be giving any relief like they did on the fuel, the petrol or diesel when it comes to this stuff. I don't think they'll even uh, countenance anything there. But again, to say that uh, the taxation on wine with the highest artery in Europe. For wine, we're number one. Um, mm. I think on whiskey and that we're number two. And on the beers, we're number three, Jerry. Yeah, that does not help us here at all. Unfortunately, and I, I don't see that changing, to be honest with you. And uh, in particular now where we've introduced the minimum uh, pricing unit and uh, our neighbors 
you know, haven't. Yeah. So that that's going to create its own problems as it is. It certainly will. Rick, as usual, two cracking wines. Thank you so much. You're so kind and generous to us always. And a big uh, shout out again for Dunn Stores, the marshes in Dundalk. Rick, very impressed uh, when he uh, paid a visit there recently. Until pre-Easter for the Easter table. Won't be long, Rick. We'll see you then. I'll be waiting, Jerry. <laughs> Thanks, Rick. Take care of yourself. Take the care. brilliant Rick Cronje there. He is just an outstanding man. And a man, I have to tell you, that's loved all over. Anyone you meet who's met Rick Cronje, you just have to like him. He's such a, uh, a lovable person. He really is. And his knowledge of wine is outstanding. And I know the wine shops and uh, multiples around this northeast area know him and he visits. And he's always very welcome. And they have great words and time to say about him. We love having him with us on Late Lunch. Still to come on the show, yes, we're heading for East Coast Cookery School and Tara Walker. She's rustling up. Oh, it's beautiful. Pasta Primavera today. Stay with us on the show. Oh, I dig it all right, baby. The Mock Turtles. And can you dig it? Love it, I love it, I love it this Friday afternoon as the sun shines for the moment. Anyway, we have comedy, comedy, Louise. Have we the comedy ready to rock and roll? And you know something? It's really timely this week. I was just thinking, what'll we do for a bit of a laugh on Friday afternoon? Well, the man at the moment is who, Louise? Chris Rock. Mr. Chris Rock, yes, after that. Slapstick comedy. Slapstick comedy is right. <laughs> Mr. Will Smith. Oh, he's in trouble with the Academy. You know, they were going to march him, frog march him out. The police were called. The police were called. You know that as well. They could have charged him. Anyway, I'd say he'll be disciplined by the Academy. Anyway, Mr. Chris Rock's gigs, you know this, are sold out. You cannot get a ticket for them for love nor money. Anyway, who is Chris Rock? What's he all about? Let's have a listen. Here he is having a crack about relationships. Hard, man. It's hard to maintain a relationship, man. Because at some point, no matter who it is, at some point you have heard everything this person has to say. You heard it all. You know what they get ready to say before they even say it. You remember that time? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> they ever tell you, yeah, you told me. You have heard it all. And then what happens? You stop talking. Have a breakdown of communication. Yet you gotta talk, cause women love to talk. Women love to talk. If they had talking in the Olympics, a man wouldn't stand a chance. <laughs> women love to talk. And fellas, women don't want us to talk to them. They just want us to set them up. That's all women want you to do. If you're in a relationship with a woman, it's like being in a comedy team and you're the straight man. Just set her up, feed her lines. All the women want you to do is go, how was your day? That's all the f*** they want. How was your day? Because how was your day is a half-hour conversation to a woman. It's a whole half-hour. And you as the man, the only thing you got to do is go, uh-huh. Get out of here. Really? Get out of here. Mr. Chris Rock in uh, full flight there about relationships. What do you think, Louise? Is he right? If talking were in the Olympics, sure, women would win the gold, silver and bronze every time. I don't know. You'd be... Uh close fourth (laughs) (laughs) thank you Uh, I like that I'll take that I'll take a close fourth when it comes to uh, up against women in the talking Olympics that's okay I'm fine with that to be honest with you (laughs) I actually couldn't place his voice so I just googled who he was and the voice is out of the Madagascar films is it yeah he was a character there Ah, there you go there you go you and you're the voice 
Anyway, he got a bit of a shock at the Oscars and he, he hasn't said an awful lot since. <laughs> <laughs> I heard he was great when he went to his first gig, you know, subsequently. I heard he was So just, everybody was just uh, hanging on yeah, for what he, was he had to say. superb. I heard he handled it superbly, so he did. And he did on the night as well, you know what I mean? Mm. He just stood back and... Uh, and he could have lashed out, as I said himself. But there he is. He's a fine comedian, he is. And he's uh, on the money there when he's talking about relationships. I have a question for you and for listeners today. And you might be able to help me. Do you have a deep fat fryer? No. You don't. Have you an air fryer? No. I had I an air fryer, but though. I think I got rid of the air fryer. I got it like my... No, don't mention that you other did, machine. I would have taken it off your Don't hands. mention that <laughs> other machine. <laughs> I got an air fryer as usual and used it twice and then didn't think much of it. I went back and bought a deep fat fryer. I love the deep fat fryer. Now, I don't use it all the time, now and again, uh, but especially for homemade chips and double fried Reese. chips. Oh, no, hold on a minute. No, no, no. Maris Piper spuds in your deep fat fryer. Magical. I guarantee you. Grease? No grease. Not at all. Really? They're lovely and dry when you, when you do them. But here's my conundrum or question. What do you do with the oil from the deep fat fryer when it's, you know, you use it a number of times? It has to be changed and fresh mm. oil goes in. What do you do with the spent oil? Does anyone out there know? Like, I can put it into the bottles and put it into the bin. Mm. But is there anybody recycling that oil or can you take it anywhere to be recycled? Did Recycle centres do it? You, I never asked before. I don't know. That's why I asked the question. Totally don't know today. I'm asking late lunch listeners. Do you know or is that what everybody does? Bottles it up and puts it into the bin and it goes to landfill. Is there anybody? No, I know on a commercial basis... Oil is collected. There's no doubt mm. about that. Oil is collected from places that are using it commercially and in big quantities. But, but vegetable oil or, yeah, yeah, olive oil. Yeah, you know, mm. sunflower, vegetable oil. Olive I imagine o- that could be broken down. Yeah, oh, no, listen, it, ca- it could be. Absolutely, I'm sure it can. But what about the home? What about oil in the home? Does anyone know... <clears throat> or can you help us or point me in the direction? If you can, let us know. 086-1800-658. Great moisturiser. Is it? No. I, 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 I believe it was great suntan lotion in your day as it well. It was. Yeah, everybody would be putting it on their legs on a good sunny day. You could really bottle it, couldn't you, in small Desperate. bottles and say, and put it, oh my God, when you think of those mm, times, we hadn't a clue. So dangerous. No, we Dangerous, dangerous. Don't do that at all. But recycling of it from the home, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text, or 041-983-2000. Karen is standing by if you want to call in. 041-983-2000. Is much of it? Well, like to get if, rid of. Well, if you take a like, there's two good bottles, full bottles out of every time you change it. You know what I mean? And you could store it. What I'm saying is, I could store it till I have more, mm. and then maybe once a year do whatever with it. And that's fine if, if that's the case. But th- that's a bit, and I'd love to see it going to recycling use rather than into landfill. Um, anyway, on the cookery theme, next up for late lunch this Friday afternoon is Tara Walker at East Coast Cookery School. Back in East Coast Cookery School, springtime 2022 and Tara Walker continues her series of spring dishes. And sure, of course, everybody loves pasta primavera today. Explain, please. So this is a nice little springtime recipe. The whole idea is to use whatever vegetables you have, some nice green vegetables, but you can use others too, that are just kind of coming into season. Even though it's an Italian-based recipe, I actually think it was invented in Canada or the States, it was one of these ones, you know, maybe by the, by the immigrants that was uh, created. And uh, basically, we're going to just 
do a nice little sort of creamy sauce and we're going to mix our veg through it with our pasta as well. So let me get started. I have little macaroni pasta here. Any pasta you like, really. I quite like something kind of thin, if you see what I mean. So this is like a, a sort of artisan one. So it's thinner than what you might imagine. And I'm just going to get a nice big pot of boiling water going here. And I've put my pasta in. And what I'm going to do then, depending on what veggies you have, for the last, say, two minutes of the cooking time of the pasta, I'm going to throw my veg in there. So I have a little bit of broccoli. I actually don't have asparagus because it's not quite in season yet, but that'd be gorgeous in there. And I have some peas as well. And I'm going to start my sauce then here on a frying pan. So I have a nice big wide frying pan that I know will fit all of the pasta and the vegetables that I'm popping in. And I'm going to start that now with a little bit of butter and a small amount of rapeseed oil. And I'm just going to saute off my onions, first of all. So I want to get, you know, this dish needs kind of assistance because it is such a simple dish. So you really want to make sure you have a nice flavour on your sauce before you kind of pop the pasta in. Otherwise, it can be a little bit on the bland side. And of course, while we're doing it vegetarian today, because the whole series we're doing is to celebrate spring recipes. And so I really want the vegetables to be the main kind of event here. You could totally pop a little bit of chicken, like cooked chicken, if you'd left over roast chicken or some salmon, even some smoked salmon through. And that would bulk it out a little bit. Or it's lovely even as a side dish, say with a kind of herby roast chicken or something like that. So there's my butter just foaming and I'm adding my onions to the pan now. And as always, my little pinch of salt. And we'll just let that sweat off for a few minutes and let the pasta cook away. And we'll come back to it shortly. We move on with the pasta primavera. Yeah, so Jerry, the pasta has been bubbling away there. And it's a good, a good way to know whether you're ready for your vegetables or not. Just taste it. If you think it's sort of two, three minutes away from being cooked, pop your vegetables in. I know I've been timing it here. So I have broccoli florets here. And I'm just going to pop those into the water now. So this kind of saves a little bit on the washing up and extra pots and pans on the go and all of that. So I just, I've cut them fairly small, as you can see, just bite-sized broccoli florets going into my pasta now. And I'll drain those together shortly. And over here, my onions are nicely sweated off. So I'm going to just add my garlic in now for the last moment or two. You can see there's a nice bit of caramelization there, which is what we need. Because as I say, this could be in danger of being a little bit bland if you don't get this kind of nice, nice and caramelized. And once the garlic is in, we're going to deglaze with a little bit of wine and just let it sweat through for a second oh since the garlic hits the pan there's just nothing like it Isn't the it aroma gorgeous? the one thing to say you leave it to the end there burnt garlic is a sour creature oh, isn't it oh absolutely better off leaving the garlic out if you you know if you feel like you can't keep a close enough eye on it or whatever so yeah so the the onion is lovely and caramelized and rich and sweet but the garlic is just it's going to be lovely and caramelised and rich and sweet as well, but it's very delicate and it only takes a second or two for that to happen if your pan is fairly hot, whereas the onion takes, you know, a good 10 minutes as we've seen there. So I have my broccoli on, my garlic here, and whatever other vegetables now if you're using, you can pop them into the pan. So if I had asparagus, I might add that in now. I have some frozen peas, which I'll pop in, but I'll only pop those in for the last second. So here for my sauce, let's add some white wine. We're going to deglaze down. lovely and it's only a little drop we don't want like we don't want this a super sort of rich winey taste i know for like maybe a chicken and mushroom pie or something you'd love that really it's just to add a little bit of depth of flavor but we really want to keep this a kind of nice light sauce so now i'm adding in once the wine has burnt off a little drop of cream i'm going to take my spoon away now so that i'm not tempted 
to stir because once you put cream in, you want to not stir it because you're in danger of splitting it if you stir it. So just, you know, when you're on autopilot, take the spoon away and just shake your pan now. Let that just reduce down and thicken up a little bit. And then I have a little bit of chicken stock here, which I will pop in now. Now, you don't need loads of chicken stock. It's only a little bit. In fact, you could probably do without it and just use your pasta water, but I'm going to use it anyway just for another little layer of flavour. If you're vegetarian, just go with a nice bit of vegetable stock, a good quality one there. So, just a small drop. And now I'm going to add my peas in with the pasta. So you're popping the peas in there last minute just with the broccoli and the pasta. Exactly. And they're just frozen peas straight from the freezer in. Um, Now, if you have your fresh peas in the summer or broad beans, oh, they'd be so, so, so gorgeous. We're just a little bit early for those now. Okay, you've just uh, knocked the heat off. The pasta and the peas. And I'm just going to drain them now. And I'm going to save a little bit of that cooking water just in case I need it for my pasta for the sauce for the pasta so what I usually do is just I pour it into the colander as you can see here and then just catch that last bit of water if I need it I need it if I don't that's fine I'll just drain it away but the starch from the pasta cooking water just helps the sauce to cling to it a little bit and Jerry, you're a big fan of going to Italy so you'll know obviously in Italy the whole thing is that the whole of the pasta is covered in sauce so unlike say a bolognese here that we have had since the 70s or 80s where it's a dollop of meat on top of the pasta That's why I said about having a nice big wide pan because we want to make sure that the pasta is totally coated. So I'm just putting all of the broccoli, peas and pasta into that lovely sauce which has the onions, garlic, white wine and cream and a tiny bit of chicken stock and then I'm just tossing it all around to coat. Now the next thing I just want to do is shave some nice parmesan over. So I have some parmesan here and I'm just going to use my peeler So I want nice big shavings as opposed to a grater. I have the grater here for something else, but, you know, I want these nice big chunks. Have a little taste for seasoning. I might pop a little squeeze of lemon juice in, depending. Probably more depends on the wine you've used than anything. You might just want that bit of acidity. Um, You might like a bit of parsley or basil. Just looking at it and describing it for listeners here, you've done exactly that. All of the pasta is coated with the sauce there. And the beautiful green contrast of the peas and the broccoli, it's really enticing. Yeah, it's lovely, isn't it? And it just, it's that lovely spring fresh. Like, I know it's still a bit chilly today, but... Even though it might be cold, the brighter evenings, you know, we're trying to get out a little bit more. It's really nice to have something light like this. So I'm actually not going to season it any further. The parmesan has done the job of a bit of salt and and, and a bit more savouriness. And the wine has done enough there in terms of acidity. So let's serve up. The part I absolutely love, the tasting. Fantastic. So we've been really polite today. We're sitting down at the table (laughs) to taste the pasta primavera. And you've added a little garnish on top. Yes, these are gorgeous. It's called Root Up Microgreens. They're really, really nice. So she grows these in Giles' Key near Dundalk. They're microgreens and the selection she has is just always incredible. And the taste from them, like even my husband and daughter, my husband in particular is not a huge, what he would call rabbit food fan, but he loves these. He could just sit there and eat these as a snack instead of nuts or crisps or something. So I have a selection here of carrot fennel and kohlrabi microgreens so like a bit like your cress i suppose in the old days when you'd grow cress except the flavor from these is just unbelievable so i've just garnished my primavera with that because it's super spring like lovely and green and fresh but actually if you had some nice parsley or some nice basil that would also give you that nice freshness but look out for her product it's absolutely gorgeous and she does a great job microgreens and i'm going to have a little mouthful of microgreens now with everything else in the pasta primavera so let me get hold of everything here and uh, give the verdict here we go 
I am speechless because that is just Tara bring time in Ireland, if you don't mind me saying, with an Italian twist. Well, I've never seen you speechless before, I don't think, Jerry. Um, So I'll take that as a compliment. But yeah, isn't it lovely and light? Like you could just imagine sitting out on a summer's evening or a warm evening with a nice glass of a, you know, Pinot Grigio or something like that, or Prosecco even would be nice as that. But equally, you know, if it is a cold evening, by the fire feet up a bowl of pasta everybody's always happy and it's it's very light but it's very tasty and as I say you could add a little bit of smoked salmon through it in the pan I probably go to add a little bit of poached salmon so fresh poached salmon roast chicken shredded through it or even just some poached chicken would be lovely as well it's absolutely beautiful pasta primavera and we're at east coast cookery school continuing the series of spring dishes with Tara Walker see you soon but I'm getting tucked into this now <laughs> enjoy Jerry. good to see you as always just listening Louise to Darren Mahan there the uh, ad for uh, our country music station Islands in the Stream you remember the Kenny <laughs> Rogers song did I mention this before yeah <clears throat> a friend of mine came up to me and said jeez that's a great great for Ireland he said that big hit that Kenny Rogers has there what are, what are you talking about I said Ireland's industry <laughs> Ireland's industry what are you talking about the song the wrong you lyrics you never sing the right ones after that do you never. never I always think of it when I hear it you know Ireland's in the stream Ireland's industry <laughs> maybe it'd be a promo ad for the IDA or something for, for abroad you'd never know uh, Jerry says a listener very interesting question about the oil I put mine in bottles and into the black bin and I always feel guilty I really hope you do find out if there is a way to recycle well our Louise has been on the case since I mentioned what have you come up with? Uh, well, I rang Drogheda Recycling Centre yes. and unfortunately they don't recycle the oil. Mm. But they thought Navin might. So I rang Navin, uh, couldn't get through. Rang Dunboyne, couldn't get through. <laughs> rang Kells. Okay. Um, lovely fellow there called Paul Weldon. Very helpful. Uh, Paul says, yep, yeah, no problem. We recycle. Uh, he said, so does Navin and so does Trim. So all the res- those three recycling centres in Meath, Kells, Navin and Trim, recycle the oil for, you pay two euro at the gate and they have, the, he said, double skinned bins and you pop your oil in there and then they go off to be recycled. You pour it in. They go off so to be if recycled. you have if you have it in bottles or a container when you go over, mm. maybe it's a container you'll reuse if you're really into it. But if you're not, you can empty your oil and then recycle the plastic container in the in premise. So I presume that now he just said double double skin yeah. bins. He didn't say you pour it in or you just drop the whole container in. It just doesn't leak because it's double skinned. I'm not sure. Yeah, well, anyway, anyway it's two one euro way the gate, or the other, it. you'll find out when you go there. So all in me, they're recycling mm. the aisle. Drogheda doesn't. I wonder uh, he Dundalk. wasn't sure about Dundalk. He okay. thought they might. I just didn't get a chance okay. to ring them. Okay, so that's your local recycling centre. So there is an option for you in County Mead. We'll see if we can get more, any more news on the loud front there. But that's good to know. Yeah. That is good to know because, as that listener said there, there's a guilt uh, around it. You know that if you're putting it into the black bin... Some it, people pour it down the sink. Oh, Jesus, don't do that. <laughs> oh, no. And, and will I tell and you... And then it solidifies My OCD comes in here. You know when you fry on the pan? I soak the grease from the pan into a uh, napkin or tissue. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh uh, I, I soak it into it you know the, but the rolls of tissue you have in the kitchen what am I called there they are there kitchen what are they roll called? kitchen bloody roll <laughs> Jesus my head's gone all together kitchen roll I use the kitchen roll to soak up from the pan <laughs> no you've gone from fourth place in the Olympics to tenth <laughs> I'm not surprised with the week I've had I, I don't give a 
where I am in the Olympics. Anyway, uh, anyway, I use the kitchen roll to soak up from the pan. Or if we grill stuff on the grill, you know when you grill and, and the grease comes out, yeah. soak it up with the kitchen towel. I do that first. Then I put a little bit of fairy liquid on and the, the boiling water and clean the grill or clean the pan. But I soak up the grease. Because I'd go mad if I thought that grease was going down mm. the sink. Because you know what that does? Just solidifies. Yes, it'll clog your drains. Those fat balls that appear in, in the bigger bugs. drains. Fat <laughs> What do I call them? Fat balls. Well, they are fat balls, but the name of them is fat bergs, I know. But, they're, they're, you know, they block the drains and they gather. You're contributing to that if you put any oil... Jesus, don't tell me people pour oil completely down the sink. Some do, I'm sure. Don't do it. You know, if there's a little whatever, they just go, ah, yeah, throw it down. No. It, but it all adds up. Soak it up. Thank you, Louise. In the kitchen towel, uh, or from your pan, or from your grill, or anything else. If we do a roast on Sunday, definitely soak it up as well. And... Uh, dispose of it in that fashion. We featured Man of the Moment, Chris Rock, in our comedy today on Late Lunch and David was in touch to say, you know, Jerry, the slap is the best thing that ever happened to Chris Rock. Well, in one sense it is and in another sense I know it isn't. But I know what you're saying and I mentioned it myself. His shows are sold out now. Everybody actually wants to see him. It's given him a whole new uh, lease of life. Ironically, it'd be interesting to see what happens down the road uh, as regards Will Smith, the Academy and all that will develop, I'm sure, over the the coming days. Tom got your message. Thanks. Loves the show and I will do my best to refrain. I promise you Tom in future. Nice to hear from you. Now our TV theme competition. Let's have a listen again. Yes, it's... No, no, it's not Friends. It's not CSI. It's not Botched Bodies. I love that one. I think somebody just having a little laugh there. But it is, of course, the theme from Baywatch. Yes, indeed. And so many people in touch with us got it right. Well done to you. And thanks for uh, joining in the fun. The winner today is Tina McHugh in Navin. And I believe she was going around her kitchen as it was playing in slow motion. You know the way they do that at the beginning of uh, every Baywatch episode. Anyway, Tina, little prize on its way to you today from us here on LMFM Radio's Late Lunch. Enjoy. And we will have another TV theme or perhaps an ad an ad from television we throw those in as well for you next Friday on the show now my featured soundtrack all this week well very popular it is it's from the musical Mama Mia and just looking at the stats updated about it now almost 70 million worldwide have seen that show when you think of it such an enormous number and in terms of takings well it's well over 4 billion dollars in earnings at this stage remarkable isn't it what can be generated from one stage show one musical received a rake of nominations uh, when it opened first in London and New- in New York in London it was nominated for a number of prestigious Olivier awards while on Broadway Tony Awards and it won one there it had several nominations and was a winner at the Tony Awards and indeed it was a Grammy Award nominee no surprise with the music and of course it is uh, celebrated for its championing of feminism that's the theme that runs through the stage show I was going to play Mamma Mia to round off the week but I always love to play listeners requests so Eilish or Eilish Especially for you and Rebecca. Here it is. You can dance, you can dance. 
what a song. To round off a week of Mamma Mia, the musical, my soundtrack featured on Late Lunch. Yeah, especially for someone listening today. Brings back memories, and I'm sure it does for many, many people. And I want to dedicate it too to little Erin Curran. She's nine. She loves the show. She listens to Late Lunch every day, and she's a little bit under the weather at the moment. Hope you're better soon, Erin. And uh, you're up and about like the Dancing Queen shortly. Thanks for getting in touch with us on Late Lunch. Uh, Jerry, mix a small amount of warm oil, that warm oil you're talking about from the cooking, with your dry dog food. Keep it in the fridge for an occasional treat, Suzanne. Oh, the messy boy, he'd love that. You'll have to get that this evening, won't he? He will on his birthday for sure. Thanks for letting us know. That's another way of using up your uh, oil that you've used yourself for cooking on the pan or the grill or whatever. Thanks for that, Anne. Uh, Jerry, there used to be a company in Slane who used to pick up the waste oil from the chippers. Thanks, Kevin, for getting in touch. Yes, aware of that, of course. And I'm, I'm, I'm almost sure they still do. There are people who pick up from the chippers and the heavy oil users. Quantity you're talking about there. But for you and me and the ordinary users uh, that's what I was getting at and we hear yes you can recycle your oils across Meath not in the Drada facility but perhaps in Dundalk and we'll clarify that for you next week on the show you're so good and so many people in touch when we ask the questions you always do your best to provide the answers and we do too here if we can't answer for you we try to find out as well Friday afternoon and it's time to look ahead at the weekend sport and League of Ireland action is back this very evening. Both local clubs in action. Let's begin with Dundalk, David. They're at home to UCD and you'd have to say three points. It's it's a must for the Lily Whites tonight. Yeah, it is, Jerry. I suppose after the, the, the local derby a couple of weeks ago where they, they got a bit of a punch in the nose from Drogheda with that 1-0 defeat, which, you know, even as somebody who's going to the Drogheda matches every week, the penalty I thought was a little bit soft. Now, I don't think Dundalk, Stephen O'Donnell, in fairness to him, was very magnanimous after the game. He didn't make a big deal of the penalty. He admitted that some dog weren't good enough and that, you know, probably all of the observed out of that game was a draw at best, you know, and draw had just had a little bit extra and were well up for that game and got the win. So I think it's important for them to, to bounce back from that when, you know, they'd they'd won one of their games before that and drawn five. So they had a really weird start to the season. They had so many draws and then to lose to, to draw was was a poor one. So they need to bounce back um, against UCD. You'd expect them to do so. UCD only three points from their, their six games so far. We do know they have the likes of Colin Whelan and Liam Kerrigan. They will pose a little bit of a threat. But Dundalk at home, after that defeat in the derby, you'd have to expect them to bounce back with a win in that one. Now, Drogheda make the trip to St. Patrick's Athletic and this is a very intriguing match, we have to say, because it's the former manager up against the new man and the two men working together for years at United Park there. Kevin Doherty now in charge of Drogheda. And, of course, the ex-Rahada manager, Tim Clancy, now at the Helleman Pats. You know, they haven't been wholly consistent so far this year, and yet they're up there. Yeah, I'm calling this one the El Clancico, Jerry, um, after uh, Tim departing Drada last season. Yeah, so Pats, yeah, they've, they've made a decent start to the season. I mean, they're only two points off the, the top at Derry. So, you know, seven games played, four wins. Um, so I think they've made a, a reasonably good start to the season. Um, a lot of unrest, obviously, up there after the cup final win and then Stephen O'Donnell, who we mentioned a moment ago, departing. Tim coming in in probably difficult enough circumstances, given the, the acrimony that, that kind of surrounded O'Donnell's departure. But he's obviously taken a few of the, the Drada players with him, Mark Doyle, Joe Redmond, and then David Adamosu, about whose future there was so much doubt there for a while. There was talking going to the UK, ended up at St. Pat's, as a lot of people thought he would, but people thought he would have ended up there a lot sooner than he did. 
Um, he's more than likely going to be on the bench. So a lot of familiar faces uh, in the St. Pat's lineup and, of course, in the dugout as well. But I think Drogheda will have really got their tails up after that win over Dundalk. They've had two weeks now to kind of work on things to get maybe a couple of, couple of lads back to, to full fitness as well. I think Drogheda will have have the confidence of that win against Dundalk that they'll be able to go up there and, and have a good go at it. Um, look, realistically, a draw away to Pats would be a good result for them. You know, they're going to be out out to prove a point against their former manager as well. I'll beat a lot of the players that departed from last season, but going to be a really interesting one and I'm, I'll be there. I'm really looking forward to it. Yes, both games uh, tonight on LMFM online. Adrian Taff in Oriel Park and David in Inchicore for the Pat Strahada game. Let's switch to GAA and uh, you mentioned last week Loud with the story of the National League and they went on duly and won a very good game in Wicklow and they're in the final now of Division 3, promoted already of course and they take on Limerick and that Limerick game was a seminal turning point in their season we have to say. How do you see this final turning out at Croke Park on Saturday? Yeah, you're right in what you say there. And it was something we talked about last week, that, that Limerick game where they, they got the last seven points on the spin to win it in, in horrendous conditions down in UL. So that was the game that really kick-started Loud's um, run through the league. They had they had lost their first game against Leash. They had drawn with Longford. And then they went on that winning run, uh, winning five games in a row, which you know nobody could have predicted. Oftentimes there's a lot of talk around bonus territory in Usher. Isn't it great to be in the final day out in Croke Park? I don't believe that for a second. You're telling me that Mickey Hart has taken a, a team to Croke Park to, to you know to just turn up and, and to go through the motions absolutely not they'll be going out to win that it's not every year that Loudoun and Croke Park we know they had the Division 4 title a few years ago I think it was Antrim they beat in that final but they'll be going to win that and and what better preparation to go into a championship than to keep that winning run going as well you know so Loudoun will be absolutely ravenous to get that success in Croke Park and, and Mickey Hart will be as well so Limerick are no bad team and you know, Billy Lee's done a great job there. I think it's the first time since 2007 or 8 that they'll be in Division 2 next year. So brilliant stuff from them. And they were, you know, they were really struggling a couple of years ago. And they've turned things around brilliantly. And uh, it's going to be a fascinating game. I'm going to give Loud the nod. How could you not? But um, I think Limerick will be out with, you know, to prove a point that the last day was a bit of a blip for them and that they, they didn't finish the game as strongly as they would like. But I think Loud, with the with the bit of, you know, the bit of confidence they have there, Samuel Roy shooting the lights out. And we saw Kieran Downey last week. They're not a one-man team. Yeah, I think Loud will, will just about get the job done. It's going to be a, a great occasion and um, certainly mission accomplished getting promotion. But that bit of silverware will be the icing on the cake for them. It certainly would and set them fair then for the Carlo game, their first game in the Leinster Championship. We'll just go back to soccer before we finish. Cross the water, Premier League back this week after the international break. And we look at the fixtures. There's really no standout fixture. So we'll go for one where there's a common link. David Moyes plied his trade for years at Everton, did so well there. He's now West Ham manager and he's been a revelation there too in his second coming. The Hammers at home to Everton. Everton, well, what do you say about Everton? I heard Jamie Carragher during the week saying that they're the worst run club in England, but they are desperate for points. They're staring relegation in the face. Fourth from bottom, um, have lost four of their last five, just looking at the recent form guide. And what's extraordinary with Everton is if you heard Frank Lampard's interview after the Crystal Palace game in the Cup when they were roundly beaten, and he basically blamed players and, you know, absolved himself of any responsibility, you know, you know, sort of saying that, well, I don't know, the first 15 minutes, our tactics were fine. There was no issue there. They barely got out of their half, Crystal Palace. But unfortunately for Frank Lampard, the game lasts longer than 15 minutes. And after that, they were torn apart. And 
I really struggle to understand, Jerry, how somebody who played at the top level for so long thinks that the way to get the best out of his players is to basically throw them under the bus in front of the media. This isn't a guy that played in the 1970s when things were different. He played like very recently under some top managers. And it's it's extraordinary to me that, and he's done this before, he did this at Chelsea as well, where he kind of turned on the players when things started going against them. So I really wonder about the morale in that dressing room. Um, they're on a really slippery slope at the moment. He was a questionable enough appointment, I would have thought at the time anyway, but certainly he's done nothing to um, assure me that he's the right man for the job. And I'm sure Everton fans, because they're a great club, we know this, Everton fans are, are very concerned about what's going on. And West Ham at home, pushing for, you know, still hoping to squeak into those top four spots. It's looking like a, a bit of a tall order for them at the moment, but they're still not out of it by any means. You'd have to give David Moyes and, Ever- and West Ham, I should say, the, the, the backing in that one to, to get the win. And, and what Frankie has to say afterwards, if they do lose, Everton will be very interesting to hear. Yes, the battle will go on for Everton for weeks to come. Lots of sport to be enjoyed here on LMFM Radio, starting with the League of Ireland tonight, that big game in Croke Park tomorrow, and rugby, the centrepiece of Sunday sport, David. Yes, Jerry, which is, uh, I suppose, a rarity for Sunday sport these days. But yeah, it's uh, the Richard Hales Cup semi-finals. It's Ashburn against Wollongar. That's in North Kildare's grounds. And it's Dundalk against Kilkenny in Nace. Brendan will be at the Ashburn game. Colin will be at the game in Nace. And we'll have uh, commentary and updates across the course of the afternoon on Sunday sports. So yeah, looking forward to it. Yes, busy weekend indeed on the sporting front. Until Friday next at the same time, David Sheehan, thanks a million. Thanks, Jerry. Yes, lots to be enjoyed here on LMFM Radio. My soundtrack this week, just uh, to go back to it again, was from the musical Mamma Mia. And I was going to play Mamma Mia uh, to finish off the week. I'm so delighted I played Dancing Queen because Eilish was in touch with me to say, could you play it for Rebecca? And she's just been back on to say, thank you so much, Jerry. It means an awful lot to me. My daughter Rebecca passed away 12 years ago from adult sudden death syndrome she was my only child and my best friend picked that song to leave the church thank you so much oh my god that is so touching it really is thank you for letting us know your story we're thinking of Rebecca today I'm thrilled I played that song what an end to the week on late lunch thank you so much indeed god bless you Anyway, that's a lot on Late Lunch for this week. Thanks indeed to all our guests who joined us through the week, to my producer Louise Walsh, couldn't do it without her, and to you, our listeners, who join us every day. We love your company. Thanks for tuning in. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive. We're into April now. Longer days, better weather, please, God, and peace in the world, I pray for again, and in Ukraine at this time. We'll see you on Monday at half one for a brand new week of Late Lunch. Have a great, great weekend. Take care of yourselves. See you then. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda to Dorkin Cabin. Check out the new sporty and spacious Renault Arcana. Guaranteed delivery, low-rate APR finance and 48-hour test drive. Exclusively at Blackstone Motors. Visit blackstonemotors.ie Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.